Dear Diary, today I took the first step, the first step in becoming an ADHD coach. I can't actually quite believe it. I want to learn, grow and build something extraordinary. I think this journey will be... Shh, the Indigo Diaries. Dear Diary, welcome world to the Indigo Diaries and welcome to our exciting new series, Series 2, The World Through a Trainee's Coach's Eyes. And that coaching training is me, Tasha Hicklin. The Indigo Diaries is a podcast for those who want to learn about ADHD through others' experiences. Welcome back, everyone, and um, really glad to be here. Last week, um, so we're doing it every fortnight, maybe every week, sometimes it just depends. And I'm really glad that I gave myself that because last week I was really poorly. Uh, Don't worry, not the thing that's going on in the world. I'm doing a lot better. I'm back at work. And this week, I've actually made some huge life decisions that I'm really excited about and I can't wait to share with you. But that will be coming up in the next few months. And it's really exciting because I've actually almost finished this part of my course. So this is the part, the second part where I'm starting to grow as myself and um, starting to really see what coaching is and different parts of it. And and then I get to start on the, 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 the the most exciting part, which is kind of the foundations of what coaching is and basically becoming a trained coach. I'm so excited. It's like two more weeks and I actually cannot wait. I'm literally like itching to go. It's one of those things where it's like, come on, come on. Um, but I've got to be trying to be patient. So um, I'm just trying to, you know, utilize every moment and really get there. So I really like it when we really get that positive thing. So that's kind of just a bit of a check-in of my week. And then let's get started and verbal process. So today is about learning styles and boundaries. Wow. I mean, <laughs> couldn't really pick two huge subjects to do together. I think I say that like every time, but um, here we go. If you judge a fish and its ability to, cl- to climb a tree, you will think it's stupid. Albert Einstein. I just thought um, I saw this quote and I just thought it was really, really great to start kind of today's session about learning styles. Everyone is so different, but we judge people so quickly on the ability to learn, their ability to how they learn. And everyone sees, stores and processes information very, very differently. So why don't we adapt to the way people store and process information rather than trying to force everybody to do it the way that we've been taught that we've been brought with and being a teacher this really is a big thing for me being a teacher with learning difficulties and ADHD this is an even bigger passion of mine and you know especially in a bombarded society where there is so much to learn in order to get by and there's all, almost so much to learn in order to grow that we're not utilizing learning styles. And it is, it's, it's really, it's really quite sad. And learn, we learn every day. I mean, you know, and I think that this topic may bring quite a lot of memories back for a lot of people that I probably know with ADHD that I know that my learning journey from when I was a child wasn't always positive. And one of the biggest stories I hear with people with ADHD, and this this isn't, you know, if this has not been you, that's okay, you know. Um, but one of the most common stories I've heard 
is people with ADHD struggling at school because they don't learn the way schools basically forces to to learn and it's really sad that some people don't utilize who they are and maximize their own brain and who they were put on earth to be and their own passions their own things and their own selves because they're not given the opportunity to learn the way they need not they want they need it's very very different and and they deserve and it's really really sad and I know that this so this is one of those things for you and you don't want to go any further that is okay but if you want to really think about how we learn and and ways in which we can learn in a different way then carry on so we're going to figure out learning styles and how we can really utilize this to maximize ourselves and our growth and what we need you know learning is what ha what happens when our brain receives records molds and stores information okay there's many different parts of learning it's not just sit down learn that's it and that's very typical way of learning sit down listen write notes learn from a book and there's actually seven learning styles there's a lot of different models out there but the seven learning styles so the the most common what seven are visual oral or auditory verbal physical which is kinesthetic logical mathematic interpersonal social and intrapersonal solitary and most people will know vac or vac visual auditory kinesthetic or visual auditory and it's that that is a real that's one that is starting to be used in schools but if you're not visual auditory or kinesthetic what do you do is there more? Is there more than just those three? Do we need to fit into one type? Do we need to fit into visual and that's it for every learning experience? No, the answer is no. Whatever you are, however you learn, there's no right or wrong answer. And it's no indication of your intelligence. If you learn, through verbally, if you learn through logical, if you learn through people, if you learn through kinesthetic, there's no indication of intelligence at all. And I just want to get that straight. There's no, 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 no indication of intelligence. It's not about what you learn, it's about how you learn. That's what this really is about. And I really think it's sad because the science speaks very loudly here and you know, basically the science is the more parts of your brain we involve, the more we will remember what we learn. The more different parts of the brain, because all those different parts come from different parts of your brain. The more you use, the more you utilize, the more it's going to be stored. The, the easier it is, it's going to be for your brain to receive it, to record, mold and remember, which really is the four steps. And I just think it's really quite sad that it's lost in not only in schools in every day. And, you know, why is it this way? And why is it one way or no way? Why is it only visual, auditory, kinesthetic? And I really don't think people are given the option 
to explore other ways. So one of the things that I really like, what they presented to us was Dr. Howard Gardner's seven ways of processing information called multiple intelligences. And I like the word that he uses, intelligences, multiple intelligence. You are intelligent and you can use multiple ways to be intelligent, to utilize your brain. And he uses very similar to the seven types. So he uses visual, musical, verbal, physical, kinesthetic, logical, intrapersonal, and intrapersonal. Okay. And I've put this below, and below is a really good online test. And they ask, what is valuable about this for people with ADHD? It's learning that there is more than one way. There is more. It says it in the title. There is multiple ways. Multiple intelligence basically means multiple different ways in order to learn. Yeah, sometimes we have a default one, more natural one. But do we? What it comes when it comes to with different in different situations. I actually don't think that a lot of people with ADHD know how they learn because learning experiences have been so negative that it makes us not want to go there, not want to experience it again. And we're not told there is not, there is no other way. We're not told there is another way. So why would we believe it? And when we've not had good experiences, it makes us not want to do it. It creates that story. And I think that that's what will make it so valuable for people with ADHD is actually knowing about it and then utilizing it. And, you know, um, they say, you know, how can it be utilized to inform your life? And I learned about this about six months ago on my other course. Theirs is more about modalities, which is very similar. And it, it's opened my eyes and my life. So for me, I, you know, I, I went to do a master's. I, I didn't do that because it was only one way. It was reading and then linguistic, using that, and then writing. That is not how I learned at all. In the past six months, I have read 16 academic books and I've not read one of them. I've listened. I have wrote multiple, multiple episodes like this. But I verbally say them. I have underdone so many different concepts, conceptual. I learn by myself, interpersonal. When I'm learning, I move around a lot. Tactile, kinesthetic. I write down information. I visually store it to help me remember visual prompts. And that's what, about seven or eight? And then my intuition, intuitiveness, basically gets me there, starts me. It's probably about seven ways. But when it comes to different situations and different things, we've got a different story. So one thing that really helped me was not only knowing, those online quizzes are great, but for me personally, it was looking at two different experiences and then comparing them. So I looked at one really amazing learning experience that I had 
and one really, really difficult one. And this doesn't mean learning like sitting in a classroom. This can be anything. It can be things like going out for the day or sitting in a meeting, watching TV, listening to a book. Anything that creates a learning experience or process where you intake information, you process it, then you remember it, record it and then remember it. That is a learning experience. And there's so many different learning experiences that we have every day. And I don't really think we get told what a learning experience really is and how many different ways there are to do it. So my my worst experience was my master's. Um, and it was it was horrendous. It was awful. I didn't want to learn anymore. I didn't want to look at anything. For like three months after my master's, I didn't pick up a book. I didn't do anything. But I've never picked up an academic book. Why? Because... I can't, I don't want to read them. I find it really difficult to sit there and read. It doesn't interest me and it doesn't, it doesn't, I'm not utilizing my brain. And all I did was find out how I learn and then try, trialed it out, experienced it, fell, tried. And I really learned how I learn best. I learn best by listening. I'm an auditory intaker. To receive information, I'm auditory. To process it, I'm a verbal processor. In order to sit there and pay attention, I need to move my hands. I need to draw or I need to move around. That's kinesthetic or tactile. I prefer learning by myself at certain points. That's intrapersonal. I, when it comes to remembering information, I verbal process it, and then I need to be able to link it to a past experience, to a future one. That's concepts, conceptual. To, in order to get me to sit there, I need to use my intuition to help me, my emotions. To get me to sit there, I need to be interested in it in order to have visual prompts to help me remember my, my long-term memory, I use visual. I use analogies, which is also visual. And I just think that we learn in so many different ways, but that's just one experience. When it comes to five of the different ones in different parts of my life, I need different modalities, different styles, because learning is not just one way. And I know that we've been taught that learning is sit down, be quiet, listen, read. But I don't learn that way. And I know many others that will also agree with that. Find the way that you learn and utilize that. Give yourself permission to learn the way you do. Don't force yourself into what we have known. This is hard stuff. Take that first step. Look at two learning experiences. Do an online quiz. Why not? So I could have done this for about 25, 50 like months, this topic. 
And I really tried to keep it to the minimal. It was really hard writing the bullet points. So I really hope I did that. And when it, when I hopefully become a coach, this is going to be a massive part of my coaching. And yeah, but we'll get there later on. I'm, I'm jumping ahead, jumping ahead. So we're going to come back and we're going to talk about boundaries. Whoa, that's a massive word. Come join us after the break. Why not? And we're out. If you would like any information on Indigo's support group, check out the website below for our link to our Facebook page or email at indigo.adhd2020 at gmail.com. If you would like to offer any comments or feedback, or if you are interested in the world hearing your story, then please reach out either through the group or through our email. As said before, have a good week. Check in again later, Indigos. The Indigo Diaries. And we're back. So I've had a drink. I realised how um, during that first half, how much I was sweating. Because I was so nervous about that topic. Because it's such a huge one for me as a teacher. And I was really trying to keep my own opinions to myself and not go because if I go down that rabbit hole I won't stop and then you'll get an episode of like 17 hours that's an exaggeration another thing I'm I need to stop and uh it's yeah it's a huge one so now we're going to go to the second part which is another huge one but I really think that this is one also that is major and that's boundaries so what is a boundary Boundary is the invisible line around ourselves and someone else. It's the thing that separates us to the world, to our world, to our people, and keeps us in. It's basically like the yes and no lines of our life. And there are many different types of boundaries for many different situations. And, you know, as children, we learn to fit in. And our own needs and wants are usually just disregarded for others and sometimes we don't even consider our own and this is a huge fact especially when it comes to people with ADHD and I know that that's that's a huge thing with a lot of people but it is so intense you know we get told these things and we believe them and we would discard our own self for other people and in order to you know put our authentic selves there first boundaries is the way forward and I honestly think that out of most out of all topics I've heard with people with ADHD boundaries always seems to be the thing that comes up it's selfish to to do boundaries it's selfish to be cared by ourselves that's what I was told that's what I believe it's selfish to put yourself first it's selfish to say no say yes 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 was my favorite word. Yes, and sorry. Oh, I'm sorry I did this. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And some of you are probably laughing right now because you may agree. We get forced to live in, to live in ourselves that 
oh no, we, we shouldn't make a fuss. Oh no, 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 we shouldn't. Oh no, 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 we shouldn't. They're, they're more important, then they're more this, more and more of that. And we really forget our boundaries. And they say, what are the most common challenges that appear with ADHD and boundaries? And I think it's our self-talk, our vow, our self-esteem, what, how we see ourselves, I think is the biggest one for me. Number two is the people pleasing, the cognitive distortions, which we'll talk about in a few weeks of, actually that's next week, of perfectionism, people pleasing, wanting to fit in, wanting to be there, not having good role models, having learning experiences that are negative. Constantly being at battle, overwhelmed, bombardment of your mind. I could literally go on and on and on. Impulsivity, we want to be there everywhere. Expectations. I could go on and on and on. The list is endless. Basically, it's one of the most biggest challenges that I feel that people with ADHD face. So what are the benefits of it? Why do we want boundaries? Because the ideal solution is boundaries. And it basically, it, it, it makes you, allows you to be yourself. Happier, more productive. Have your time, self-care. Get what you want, live by your values, be yourself. I could go on and on and on, energy, saving, I could go on. There are so many benefits. But there are many different types. And, you know, there's physical boundaries. You know, the space that you like between you and yourself and other people. And that can, you know, come into other things. Then there's mental boundaries, your mind boundaries. Boundaries between you and you and others, you and yourself talk. Then there's the emotional. Or energy. Energetic balance, saving your energy. What are we putting out? What are we putting in? Time is a huge one. Time boundaries. How much time are we giving to this? How much time are we giving to this? This, 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 this. And there are many different types. I mean, there's endless types of boundaries. Basically, boundaries is anything, is everything, is every day, every minute. Because, like I said before, it's that invisible line around yourself. You go everywhere, so do your boundaries. They don't go anywhere, they're there with you all the time. And it's anything between us, something, someone else, something else, and the world. And I really like, um, this is a theory by Nina Brown, and I'll post this also underneath about four different styles, stages of boundaries. And um, so the first one is soft, is where your boundaries merge with other people. They merge, you know, they're so soft that you, as soon as, soon as you hit somebody else, so let's imagine a person with, a, with an actual line, like a bubble through them. They're the one that's like an actual bubble, where you go to someone and it just goes. And then you're in someone else's bubble. 
and then you go to someone else. Oh, I'll go to you and someone else's. Then that's one. And then there's two, which is rigid. And that's when it's like brick wall. The, ba- the bubble around you is a brick wall. Nobody's getting in. Nobody, you're not getting out. Nobody's getting in. Nobody. Very rigid with, with your time, with flexibility. And nothing's getting in. No, no, no. No, I'm not doing that. No. Okay. Then the spongy, which is a bit of a combination of soft and rigid. So it's a little bit soft. You still merge a little bit, but some things you're really rigid with. So it's kind of like the paradox, soft and rigid. And then there's flexible. This is when you're rigid. This is a bit more of a brick wall, but you have more control of who and what you let in and out. So imagine for that one, I imagine a brick wall with a door. You let some people in, you let some people out. You let some things in, you let some things out. But you keep a lock on it. And it says, which one resonates with you and and can they change? And I was like, um, yes, 100% can they change. Different situations, different people, different scenarios, different days, different minutes, different things. They can vary so much. And I really like this theory. I've never met, I've never seen a boundary theory that I like as much as this one. I think it's really good. Maybe it's because I'm uh, when it comes to things like this, I really like visual uh, concepts. I like to be able to put analogies to it. It really helps brings me down. It really helps me feel it. And um, and then they said, which one resonates with you? And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. So I was very much spongy. Some things I was very soft. Some things I was very rigid. So I was very soft when it came to people. I was very soft when it came to um, things and decisions, parts of my life. But I was very rigid when it comes to my physical self, time. Oh, my goodness, yes, I was so rigid and very inflexible when it came to things like that. Now, me, right now, I'm very quite flexible. I'm quite, I'm still quite rigid, but I've got more control of what goes on. Not all the time. We're not all perfect. But that's taken me a long time to get there. And I think that it comes and goes for different people in different scenarios, different experiences that we have. And it's just making sure that we're prepared for absolutely everything. because. When your boundaries drop, can we be our our authentic self? Do we want to live our lives the way we want and deserve? Or do we want other people to live our lives for us or live our lives for others? It's, It's very different. And I really think it really is, you know, they're very personal and reflect who you are, boundaries. But that four different styles, to me, it's not, it's different stages. I think that you have soft on one end, rigid on the other end. And then on top of that, you've got sponging. So, you know, we're either soft or rigid, and then we're in the middle. We're in the middle. Rigid, that, you know, that spongy is kind of that middle ground. 
And then as we go on through our lives and different experiences, we challenge it and we create more and more. At the end of that tunnel is flexible. Because really flexible is what we all deserve and we all desire. We're ourselves. We get to be ourselves. We get to live our values. We get to have rules. We get to do this. We get to be rigid. But we are soft for those people that deserve it. We're soft for those experiences that we want to let in. Because if we were so rigid, we wouldn't let anything in. You know, I'm very rigid when it comes to my personal space. I don't like cuddles. I don't like things like that. You know, I've sensory processing uh, difficulties. And I don't like stuff like that. I'm very rigid when it comes to that. My time, I'm very rigid because time is so precious. When it comes to, like, decisions and and collaborating with people, I can be quite soft to a point. But it depends who and it depends what. So it's flexible. We need to be soft and rigid. But it's at what times? On our terms. And I think that's the biggest thing, on our terms, not on other terms. Because at the end of the day, that invisible bubble around us What's inside of that bubble? Us, our time, our lives, and here we are. If we don't look around what's around it and we don't protect it, we don't protect ourselves, then what's going to happen in the end? And they said, what is a healthy boundary? I think a healthy boundary is, is when you live a happy life most of the time. And you let in and out what you want and what you need. You take care of yourself. You do this, you do this. And it's really hard to get there. It's a real hard process. And it take, and it can take a long time, years, years, days. And we go up and forward. You know, this is not we're here and that's it. We go up and forward in different things. But I think the big thing is what are the clues? How do you know when your boundaries are being crossed? How do you know when someone is coming near your bubble too much? And I think a real big one, especially with people with ADHD, is your behaviours and your emotions. You know, sensitivities is a, is a huge one. When you feel that, that your, you know, your rigid barriers come up, why are they coming up? Questioning yourself, why are they coming up? Why am I really tired for no reason today? Why am I flash anger? Why am I so overwhelmed right now? Asking yourself why. Why? Why? Because that is the number one question. Why is this happening? For me, that is bigger than what we can do now. The why? Reflect. And then make a plan to grow. Because that's what all this is about. Growing into the life that we deserve. And barriers is not easy, especially when we have ADHD. So give yourself a break. I'm going to ask you to, to, just, to just think about one question. In one day... What do you do for yourself and what do you do for others? 
have a think. What do you do for yourself and what do you do for other people? Is it different? And why? So that kind of ends today. And I, I, yet again, I tried to keep it very to the point and I tried to kind of summarize it the best way I could. And I looked at more boundaries with in the whole. There is very many specific things and there's some great resources out there. So if you want to do more, then go and find them. I've put some below just to have, you know, but this is hard stuff. Learning styles, boundaries, anything that we talk about, it's hard stuff. And there's no right or wrong answer. It is what is right for you. And that is why what was what I always try and think about. And next week is about barriers. So the real barriers and the challenges that we face and the narratives that we create in our minds. And uh, yeah, that's going to be quite a heavy one, as always. <laughs> I always say it's going to be really, really, there's more, there's more. Oh, wow, this is going to be a big one, big one. Because all these are really big, because they're a part of who we are and they're a part of growth and we wanting to really help ourselves. Um, so, yeah. My encouragement today is one of my favorite quotes. Um, I learned this about a year ago and I really believe this. When a flower doesn't bloom, you fix the environment in which it grows, not the flower. By Alexander the hedger I think if I said that wrong I apologize we've society and and we just naturally try and fix the flower the person we can't why does a person need to be fixed everybody is uniquely amazing and uniquely great if you don't bloom, if you're not growing where you are, look around. Look around at that invisible bubble. Look around at how you're learning, how or have you got things in place for the way you learn. If not, then don't change yourself. Grow externally in order to grow internally. Not the other way around. So next week, I hope you come back, you learn, listen, and experience the world through the eyes of a coach and training. Why not? Have a great week and make sure you're doing something for you, yeah? And we're out. Dear Diary, as the training process goes on, it makes me stop and wonder, could there be more for us? More light, more possibilities, and a place where we can truly be ourselves? I think this journey will be